everybody and uh, welcome to episode one of That's The Issue, uh, the brand new comic book podcast uh, that gets to know you through the issues that you love. Uh, my name is Matt Loon and joining me is my co-host, Wes Messer. Wes, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, Matt. How about you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I feel like we may have already confused people with the uh, <laughs> with the numbering because if for, you, for those of you listening, if this is your first issue, if this is your first episode to listen to, then that's great. Welcome along. That's awesome. This is actually the second one we've recorded. Um, we recorded a zero episode um, a couple of weeks ago that uh, has been up on SoundCloud and iTunes for a little while now. So if you want to go back and listen to us ranting about uh, about DC Rebirth number one, then feel free to go back to that. But uh, otherwise, you're completely fine to just jump on with episode one. I think it's quite appropriate that a comic book podcast uh, gets mired in continuity issues <laughs> straight away. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a good start, but it's fine. Um, this podcast then, uh, new listeners, is all about uh, specific issues. It's all about talking with people. Uh, I'm hoping to have guests on every episode um, to talk with them, get to know them, through specific issues that are significant to them so it could be the first one they read it could be uh, one that made them laugh made them cry for the first time uh, it could be just the issue that got them into comics uh, whatever the issue is that's the issue that I want to talk about um, now I had Wes as my guest on episode zero and it went so well that he's coming on and he's going to be my co-host uh, for the foreseeable future uh, whether he likes it or not I've dragged him along Hey, I'm happy to be along for the ride. I feel like I got an upgrade. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. Yeah, I upgraded to co-host in one episode. Yes. I don't know well, the first guest we have on. I might grab them as well. And I might just be like the Pied Piper of, uh, of, of <laughs> comic book podcasts, just dragging people into the show. And then by episode twenty, there's like a whole posse of us. It'd be great. <laughs> twenty people on a Skype call. Can't be Pied We're straight out. It's going to degrade the call or send us mental. Either way, it's going to be great. So uh, the format then uh, for each episode, we, me and Wes are going to come together for the first bit and we're going to review some new uh, comics. We're going to review some old comics. Just whatever we're reading at the moment, we're going to come together and read it. Uh, and then we're going to introduce the guests, talk to them, and then we might have a little segment at the end as well. Uh, this first episode, though, is uh, called Getting to Know You, uh, because I thought we'd lead by example. So I thought we'd uh, illustrate what the point of the podcast is by um, us, me, me and Wes both talking about a, an issue that is significant or important to us. Does that sound about right? That's about right, because we were talking about this episode in advance on between chats and so forth, and it's like, yeah, because I got an issue, and then you said, well, I have an issue too. I'm like, perfect, let's just make that the episode. And yeah. Yeah, it's good. So I think we'll uh, we'll dive into uh, some of the latest issues that have been uh, been piquing our interest at the moment. And I think we could sum it up with, with one word, and I think that one word is rebirth. Rebirth. Yeah. So what's, so uh, what's the issue you want to talk about? Okay, because I, I was torn on this, because, like... Like my, because I know you want to talk about detective, so yes. we'll save that for your bit. Okay. But I, I do want to talk about the the one other issue that last that in last week's rebirth that made me go, like, wow, I was not planning on getting this, 
Then I got it the last minute, and I loved it the piece. And that was Green Arrow Rebirth. Yes. Number one. That, how? I, 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 I'm at, it's like one of those things when I was not really, I expected nothing. All I thought was, oh, well, Green Arrow it might, might be decent. Maybe we'll see. And mm. I went, wait, wait, holy crap, Benjamin Percy. Holy crap! <laughs> you got this, man. How you dare you, this. Benjamin Percy? You got this, son. You, 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 you're awesome. You, I mean, it's like let's see, Green Arrows being fun. It's mm-hmm. he's a he's he's doing his thing, defending the streets, and he and then they set up the Black Canary thing, about as perfectly as you can do it. It was really I, good, yeah. It's yeah. Like, and it's like the entire issue gels together as a beautiful little one shot. That sets up the series well. It's like some things where it's like it sells you on the new on the series without force selling you on the series. It's more like kind of telling you this is the this is the way it's gonna go. Perfect, and you get a cool. It well, it's interesting, and I also love the artist on it, uh, Otto Schmidt. Yeah, I've never I've not seen any of his stuff before. So good. I how in the world did this person slip by me? Because I was amazed. I love the work. I mean handle the art and coloring on it which always as I, I always find it cool when someone can maintain a good schedule and do the, do the, the art and the coloring yeah that's that's some props right there that is some really good solid work and it's yeah. beautiful work yeah definitely and it, it was interesting because I, I was telling you about this conversation but i'll share it with the rest of the class that <laughs> i i was in my comic store on wednesday and there was this guy, and I was saying, have you tried Green Arrow? And he said, well, I wasn't really into the art. And I said, dude, it's like what, it was like my favorite book of the week. And I, mm. I was like, it was, it was good, da, da, da. And then he just, suddenly he disappeared. I was like, wait, what? And he went over to the shelf, grabbed Green Arrow Rebirth, and just put it on the table. It's like, my comic, to it, man. my comic guy stared at me like, hey. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> he stared at me. commission on that. I should get should have got a commission on that one, but it was fun. I just he was like, "Wow, it's like that was was good." He was I'm like, "Yeah," and then and then it was just one of the things where Green Arrow Rebirth is one of the things where I, I just was like, "It's just it's such an easy issue to sell to people." Like if you want a good idea of what, kind of like the aspects of what DC Rebirth is really, truly about, that was a book that defined it for me. It's like. Green Arrow coming back to be into his own character and coming back to a lot of what we love about him. I mean, that's that's pretty neat. And and I and a lot of people were, and I was reading online like it sold out of its entire print run. Oh wow! Oh wow! Thousand, ninety thousand copies. That's nice. That's nice. And and I act and uh, and I was reading online. And I read somewhere someone said that there were people were looking for a jump a jumping on point for Green Arrow. Oh and wow! So. I'm like, that makes sense, and this is like the most perfect jumping. So it's one of those perfect ways to go. People who have been watching the Arrow show, and when the way to get into the character of Green Arrow, after all this time, is they finally set go here. Here's your jumping on point. Yeah. Yeah. After ages upon ages of not giving you guys a really easy jumping on point, here you go. And I'm like, I think, and I'm I think like, bless them. I think that I was think, it. I think um I think the reason it worked really well for me is because I've never read any green arrow comics before like none and i picked it up because i'd read really good reviews i'd read people going oh yeah this is this is what rebirth's about basically exactly what you just said 
and um, and yeah, I, I just didn't regret it at all. I've read some of the new Black Canary comics, mm-hmm. and I was a bit worried that it was going to overwrite that a little bit because I know the whole relationship with Diana and Ollie was yeah. from pre New Fifty Two. So I kind of thought, oh right, okay, they just kind of bringing that back, but they they've introduced her as is really. She's the same character that she is in um, the Black Canary, the new Black Canary comics coming out, um, and she's she she made the issue for me, and she kind of showed us the the side of Green Arrow that you see in the TV show and. The Green Arrow I want to see as someone who's only watched the TV show, um, and you know, so I'm a brand new reader and I enjoyed it. And loads of people on Twitter who are classic fans of of Ollie uh, and Green Arrow and that kind of franchise are fans of it as well. So I mean, exactly what you said, it ticks all the boxes as far as Rebirth's concerned. Exactly. I mean, I've I've read I've read like my Green Arrow is. I don't really consider them an older reader, but I've read some of the stories. Like I've read, I read Kevin Smith's run on Green Arrow. Hmm. I read, I read uh, Diggle Year One, um, Meltzer's uh, Archer's Quest, and I've and I've read a bit of Grell. I've read Grell's Longbow Hunters, and I've also read Lemire's a bit of Lemire's uh, run on Green Arrow, but hmm. never consistent runs. No. So it's not, I'm scattershot, and this and I just went, wow, it's like. It's like merging all every bit of people that what people like about Green Arrow into one, and everyone just went, "Wow!" It, I've never seen such a surprise. Like that was one of the most unique bits of that Wednesday. Where everyone just going, "This is good." It's like, did you expect this to be this good? No, I didn't expect it to be this good. Back yeah. in, on Twitter, everyone was genuinely surprised, and and it was like trying to. Other things you have to say. It's like one of the things where you have to go. No, it was like we're surprised in a good way, not in a bad way. This is yeah. good. Surprise! Like, yeah, I don't know what to say about you know the idea that everyone is surprised by how much they like it, but either way, they like it, so I think that's that's a win, really, for Green Arrow. And you and you said and you and I know and you want to dive into your issue now. The oh yeah, I mean Detective Comics was ah. um, you know uh, Detective Comics nine three four, which uh, for those who aren't aware. Uh, it picks up the old um, numbering from before New 52, um, which, I mean, that's been done in comics before, hasn't it? Marvel's done it before, and I think uh, I don't think DC's ever done it before. I don't think they've needed to. Um, but, yeah, Marvel's, Marvel's done that before. But anyway, as part of the rebirth, they've rebranded it, um, they've renumbered it, rather, back to the previous numbering of 934, and it's... I loved it. It's great. We talked about Green Arrow being uh, everything Rebirth, you know, is gonna everything Rebirth stands for, but um, Detective Comics did exactly the same thing. They uh, it, it's reintroduced characters um, in a new light. It's kind of continued the story of um, the the Batman run from beforehand, and also picking up on things like Batman and Robin Eternal, which I read, which I loved. Uh, it picked up on a few kind of tweaks from that, um, but it's also a great in for new readers as well, which is, I don't know, I suppose a bit counterintuitive to the idea that they've introduced the old numbering, which, you know, this this worked as a perfect number one for me, and I like the idea of 
having the old numbering for legacy reasons, but I suppose a reader, brand new reader picking it up off the shelf might go, 934, but I've not read the first, 933, you know, so they might put them up a little bit, but I mean, I don't think people think like that, I think they, they pick up an issue, they have a look through it, and see if it works for them, and I think this works on for me on loads of levels, really enjoyed it. It's the same way for me, because I, I've heard Gazetta, it's like, it's kind of weird, I kind of call it this is like my rebirth of my rebirth experience so far. The issues that I've had, like little to like kind of like just the kind of like between mid to low expectations for have been the ones that have blown my mind. Yeah. And that has come to the same thing to me. I was reading and I went, Oh, oh wow. Like they've it's another it was my another green arrow moment where I was like, This is I mean, it's like they set up they set up this real like like the craziness of what about because I actually have to make sure I get it. Like James Tinian did here, was absolutely wild. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I suppose we should say who uh, the the teams are in the book. So this is uh, James Tinian the fourth. Let's see if I can find the rest of the team. I got it. You got it. Eddie Eddie Barrows penciling, Hebert Ferreira on inks, and uh, Adriano Lucas on colors, and and then it's like. This is a mental little book. I it's mm. the the story of it is so freaking cool. I mean, it's like it's like Batman. It's like a create a it's like a cra a thread has popped about Batman's a little like this is freaking me out. Like mm. he's not really saying it's freaking him out, but it's freaking him out. So yes, so he's like I got to prepare everybody, yeah. all the Atlantis and then Gotham. So. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a classic setup, isn't it? Really, it's uh, it's like there's a there's a big bad coming, so they all need to kind of rally the troops and get them together. Um, so he's pulling together uh, the spoiler. Um, he's pulling together uh, Red Robin. He's even pulling together Clayface, which was the best character for me. Absolutely loved him. Yeah, and then of course the one that made a lot of old school because the Red Robin Ted. Tim Drake, cool. Stephanie Brown, spoiler, cool. The one that made a lot of people very happy was the Cassandra Cassandra Kane orphan being brought into it, or yeah. Cassandra Kane, the one of uh, the Bat uh, Batgirl. Yeah. And every and I I know so many people. I there's one girl, one one a girl I talked to on Twitter, and she said, and she's and she was like, and she's like, does Cassandra Kane come me back? Well, I miss Cassandra Kane. I was like, well. Cassandra Kane is coming back in Detective Comics. She went, what, really? I'm yeah, like, yeah. now? I'm like, yeah, you... And that introduction, I'm like, it's one of the things where people go Cassandra Kane, and people think, well, like, who is... And you really don't need to know that she was Batgirl at one point, but there's enough nods to that costume. Like, the costume she wears is Orphan with that Stitch mask on there. I'm like, well, that's Batgirl. Stitch yeah. mask on the bottom. I'm like, everything's spot on to where they need to put this and Batwoman got a great show in as well i loved Bat the the cool idea of batwoman and batman being like co-leaders of this boot camp yeah is the neatest darn darn thing and okay matt should we say a minor spoiler for anyone who who yeah yeah i think that's fine spoilers I, I, ahead um, everyone minor spoilers minor spoiler but that, the minor to major. If you haven't read it yet, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
in that, but it's really, but it's actually very cool. There's a certain thing, but it's like a certain thing that Batman reveals to Batwoman. Batwoman just smiles and she's like, I, I, I knew for a year and a half. I was just waiting. Yes. And I, and I went, but ha, it's like, come on. Not an idiot. I mean, it's like, I'm not an idiot. I mean, the way Kate Kane is handled here, it's just so spot on. It's like, wow. Like, I could see, like, and they're, they're saying, I'm like, when they've, like, they set up, and all the characters they've set up here is just pretty sublime. I mean, it's good characterization. I mean, even Clayface being part of this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, definitely. Like I saw the um, I saw the promo images with Clayface in the background. I was like, oh, okay, that's a that's a bit of a, a gimmick, a kind of a to grab your attention. Like, oh, what? What's he doing there? But then you get into it, and he's, I mean, again, like minor spoilers. Like you kind of, it really hits a uh, an emotional beat with him. It kind of slows down the the action, kind of cuts to this bit where he's having this real emotional moment, um, and it was. It was great, really kind of on point. I've never, well, I haven't thought about the character like that since the animated series, mm-hmm. um, and it it was it was great to kind of have a, that kind of callback, and um, it worked really well for me. It worked. I mean, and that, and that's the neat thing about because it's like what I think about Eddie Brown in this book is Eddie Brown is one of those artists who has has kind of been like the artist who has been on. Pretty much everything DC at one at one point or another. Hmm. He's done a little Teen Titans, done a little, done a little Superman, done a little this, done a little that. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's he did a lot of Nightwing at one point. He he's kind of just floated around like everywhere, like a a long run here, a short bit here, and so he's going to be doing Detective Comics hmm. as as a regular artist. I'm not sure if there's a second artist in the book or not, but I know Eddie's one of the regular ones and. That the way that Clayface scene was illustrated, yeah, yeah, ah, that was just like everybody. Everybody's book was good, but that Clayface scene was just spot on. I mean, it. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the the words, the pictures. I mean, it's like everything coming together. It's like it, 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 it really worked. Well. And I think, um, I think he, the artist in this is. Um, you could say he's got a very house style, and I think it's very obvious that he's worked at DC for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it it worked for this. I I really enjoyed the art. Yeah, it's it's like, but I think it's what's kind of neat about it about it is the clayface bit. It's kind of like out of the house because DC has a quasi house style, but not as rigid as it used to be. No, it's it's relaxed quite a bit in recent years, especially with like all the DCU stuff. Even though that's kind of um, gone out the window a little bit with rebirth or at least for now anyway for, and it's like and if the clay face bit is like completely out of the house style and into this kind of because i think it's like and also because it's like because the colorist on this is like really one of the the standouts here uh Ad, adriana lucas on the the coloring on this is that clay face bit is just this sort of like big when that clay face is illuminated by the by the movie by the movie screen it's like yeah. Oh, oh, dude! It adds to you're like it's it's one of the things as it's like your heart is just breaking for this dude. And you're, yeah, it really and, is, really and is. That, and it's like I'll give you another shot. You, yeah. you need a shot, man, don't you? Like, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, come on. 
we got I got a pro I got a plan I got something to set set up the you can help me out. You're, okay. He just like, <laughs> yeah. he just, like a okay. broken puppy. And, and like and then Kate and then Kate's like, uh, are you sure? And it's like trust. I was like, okay. I'll yeah. trust you. I trust you, Bat I trust you, man. Batwoman's like, I'll trust you. Okay. Like you know what you're doing. So I mean that's that's two big thumbs up books really isn't it i mean what else um in the rebirth like slate have you been reading and enjoying Fred, somehow i've managed to read every one so far it's it's expensive it's getting it's, expensive this rebirth it's expensive it's not as bad as some of the launches i've seen recently out of stuff but it like i've already i'm already kind of cult books of i going i'll follow this book probably not going to follow this book yeah not, but it's like like I would say, like Wonder Woman, I like. Like I just, I definitely want to say about Wonder Woman that this is going to be like I kind of put that book as kind of like this is going to be a crazy run of Wonder Woman. What Raka is doing with this run on Wonder Woman is going to be absolutely bonkers, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean it depends because the one thing I will say about that Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman Rebirth number one, it was, wasn't it? And um. One thing I'll say about it is I felt it was, if that's how the run's going to go, it's going to be a really surreal run. Because I think he, he dips he dips into it. I mean, it, it was on the first page talking about, you know, the type of, uh, her, her origin was this, or was it this, or was it that? And it kind of picks up on the idea that she's had multiple origins over the history of DC Comics. And kind of brushing that, like that, uh, skirting the issue of the idea of of rebirths and retcons and reboots and and does it all count or does only some of it count or does it all form one story? And that kind of set the the tone for the rest of the issue. And I kind of thought if that's a if that's a, just a framing device for this one issue, then that's that's crazy as it is, and then it will kind of settle down. But if this is how it is going forward. It's gonna be a, a strange run. It's gonna be strange, but I got there like that double page spread of showing all the bits of Wonder Woman's history into one double page spread. I went. Mm. I kind of equivalent it to to the Superboy punch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where Wonder Woman punches and all her continuity just shatters into a billion pieces, and you're like, dear lord, that she's been through some retcon hell, hasn't she? She's been through some retcon hell, hasn't she? And by the way, for any viewers just heard that, my microphone fell. So oh. <laughs> I didn't wonder if that was me then. That was me. My bad. That's all right. Later. But it's but no, it's um but yeah. Like the way if this is what they're doing, I mean they are straight up it's like I kinda call it the deep dive Wonder Woman. Where everything Wonder Woman is in this. Yeah, and, yes. Because like, and then because like we have Matthew Clark on the first bit of this, and it's like really cool. And then you get the regular artist Liam Sharp for the rest of the issue, and that's this is like Liam Sharp's first big comic series he's done. Like, cause he's been out of mainstream comics for about twenty something years. Like, he's been hmm. he's been mostly focusing on uh, Made Fire. Oh, okay. When he, he that he co that he that he I think he co-founded. Like, Please correct me if I'm wrong. If anyone if he's listening, if anyone listening to this, but I know, but I know he was one of the founders of it, and he's been focused most on that. And then it was like one of the things where they got Liam Sharp pretty much out of the. Wait, Liam, are you available? 
yeah, come back. <laughs> oh, okay. It's one of the things where it's like he was just kind of wanting to get back in the comics and and it's kind of came back into it and it was perfect timing. Hmm. It's just he kind of was wanting to get back in it and his first few pages he did, those last few pages he did were really cool looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty excited for Wonder Woman. I'm kind of digging where they're taking it because like, they're going to do one issue where it's where it's like it's going to be Liam Sharp in the mod in the modern Wonder Woman, and then and then the next and like another issue is going to be like, oh also- yeah yeah they're uh, they're swapping in every every second week aren't they or every second issue they're they're changing from one storyline to the next storyline so like a year one storyline and then the next issue is going to be present day and then it's going to keep flip flopping between the two it's it's pretty cool i really like i I like that idea and i kind of like and it and it's one of the things where instead of like well okay so one artist one artist okay then back to the other artist then back to the other and so they go back and forth and they can so it's actually a a cool way to keep two concurrent storylines going and Mm. ease up on one artist not having to be set up on like a giant because it's going to be a bi-weekly book so yeah i mean as far as the artists are concerned they're just writing they're, they're just drawing a, a monthly series aren't they it's just they're you know they're shifted along by two weeks compared to the other artists their deadlines so and i two, think it's it's a pretty smart way of going really exactly and two different stories which is yeah. really i mean it's like you're going to get like a year one you say yeah year one story and modern day it's i like it i think yeah, it could be good the uh, the last one I want to touch on briefly um, is Flash uh, Rebirth. Oh my! Uh, number one, which was pretty much a direct continuation of DC Universe Rebirth number one, which makes sense because that issue was a lot to do with Wally West, mm-hmm. and this is almost uh, again kind of minor spoilers for it, but this is almost the same story but from Barry Allen's perspective. Exactly. It's straight up Barry Allen going, seeing and saying the Barry Allen Wally reunion, and now finishing up from where now Barry's having to go. Okay, and they send Wally on his way to the Titans book. Yeah, yeah. So it's like set Wally on his way to Titans, and Barry's now having to figure out this new mystery that's perked up, that's been that's perked up within in the aftermath of of the whole of the rebirth event and and all the crazes involved there. So much. Huh? Cause I wasn't I I wasn't sure if they were gonna have Flash be one of the books that was gonna be involved in the in the larger Watchmen storyline. But apparently, if you're interested in the big storyline of of the Watchmen and what impact they had on the DC universe, this is gonna be one of the books that you might wanna keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. I think if you I mean if you're keeping track of the Watchmen references, then I think um, Flash rebirth number one is is the second place they talk about it and they directly reference it and you know the comedians buttons in there and everything so so definitely kind of pick that one up and, and talk about that as well it, it's a, but, but yeah it's really cool it's a good it's a good setup and and there's like and really it's like it's that's a cool little way it's kind of like a nice way it doesn't really dive into what bigger bit of what the flash story is going to be about down the no. line but it does give a really cool introduction to this is where the Flash is at now, and then they can set up number one as okay. This is where they're going to be taking it from here. Yeah, I feel as though you, if you picked up DC Universe Rebirth number one, you could probably dive straight into like Flash number one when that comes out, and you could probably skip 
this issue really I mean it probably does a good bit of it works as a, a zero issue doesn't it really in a way or it feels like it anyway yeah. um, you this know which is which is kind of the point I guess yeah this is the one where where you kind of start to see that this is the issue that kind of like is a zero issue I mean if you want to, if you kind of if you wanted the way for number one you could but it is well worth getting if you're already kind of thinking well I'm going to be getting the flash I'm like well go ahead and get this issue it's really it's a really cool solid read yeah yeah and it's just but it's like but if you had the wait and if you wanted to go well i'll wait until issue one then it's like well okay you can take that option too because it probably won't really affect your enjoyment of flash number one like so because that's the weird thing about rebirth for me in general is some of the books are feeling like they're kind of like epilogues to like transition into the next stage Mm. man epilogue superman Epilogue into what they went to the new the pre to Superman getting set up. Batman yeah. was yeah. epilogue to kind of transitioning from Scott Snyder to Tom King, and and then so like okay, they're kind of like just epiloguing and transitioning into the new status quos and kind of tweak it. So I'm like, so it's not it's not bad at all. It's just like so it's like kind of interesting how some of the books are operating. Like some are operating as epilogue, some are operating as setting up the new status. So they're all operating a little bit differently. Yeah, they've all yeah. got their own. Um, they've all got their own feels. Yeah, and that's not bad. It's I'm not, and by the way, anyone saying, "Well, you did like," oh no, I I liked the books. Like I liked most. I like pretty like the books. It's just it's just they they're all in different ways as to how I enjoyed them or how I got into them. Yeah. Okay, so I mean that's the um, that's the new books that we've been reading uh, at the moment. Uh, I think uh, it's about time we dive into the main segment of the show then where we talk about um, the issues that are significant to us. In future episodes we're going to have guests on, we're going to introduce them, get to know them uh, through the issues that they love, um, but we're going to introduce ourselves this issue, uh, this episode and we're going to uh, talk about some of our well, one of our favorite issues each. So, Wes, what is the issue that you are going to talk about today? Okay, it's going to be fun. This is gonna... <laughs> You're excited. It's good. I'm, I'm excited. excited but I've written about it, but I never. But I, and I talked about it a little bit on Twitter here and there, but I never really dived into it. Mine's kind of funny. It's a bit. It's the hero's. Re, it's the hero's return. Avengers number one that began the Bezek Perez run. Okay. And a how classic it run? It's a classic run, but the, how it began was. I, I, before I got into this comic, I was kind of, I, I really wasn't in the comics. I was like maybe looking at a comic off the newsstand here and there, but nothing, but not really buying any books here. I really wasn't diving into comics. And so I was in a, so I was in a Kmart in, which is, which is like, it's pretty much like a, deep, Matt, deep, you know Kmart, right? Uh, yeah, and I, I, I know of it. We don't have that over here, but we, I, I, we've probably got like equivalent. It's it's like it's 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 not there. There's really not many of them around around anymore. But Kmart, but yeah, Kmart was in a Kmart, and I and there was I was on looking at the magazine stand. I saw a Wizard magazine, and and I and I was kind of like going through it, and I went, wait, what's this? And and this like the Avengers number one by Music Press coming. Kind of, I'm like. There's a new Avengers book coming out. <laughs> really? Well, that's cool. I'm gonna try that. And and so I so that's when I ended up going. Says so I I remember where my comic store was, and 
and I remember the way my old comic store was back when I was back when I was younger and I was buying comics on regular and and I kind of remember that and I and all that stuff and I just went so I just went to try out so then I went so when Avengers number one came out I grabbed it when I heard it was coming out and and it be it, it was just like the moment I started reading I am like well I'm back <laughs> oh, I'm back baby. baby it's like I'm back you got me because like, like Avengers got it's not like Avengers like the ultimate almost the most hilarious gateway drug into like pretty much everything that was going on with Marvel at the time I mean yeah. And it was really funny because it's like I was having to learn. And then what was really funny about getting back using this book as a way to get back in the comics was also getting to learn everything at the same time because I was having to keep up with new issues. And this was back in back in the late late nineties, kids. <laughs> it was, this was before we had all the stuff that that made it easy to find stuff. Oh yeah. Nowadays you can get a pool list on your phone. You can go. You can you you can download programs on your smartphone to keep track of your pool list and tell you when books are coming out. You can go online in five seconds to find out what's coming out. But yeah, yeah. back in the day, you pretty much because I I really wasn't told how to find. Like I had to learn this stuff. I so I, I found Diamond Comics to find where the find. And it's for anyone who has, doesn't know and doesn't use really use apps on their phone, but. To find you can like there's a way where you can go you can just go to diamondcomics.com and keep up to date with all the different releases of what's coming out and it's really easy and that's what I had to do so that's so every every two it was like it was back in the day it wasn't Monday I think it was like Tuesday Monday or Tuesday and it was like every evening I check I'd be like I'd be waiting for evening to go okay okay I'm gonna check when new out what's coming out this week <laughs> not I am not kidding you. I was this excited. I'd be waiting. I'd be just like, come on. Like, right around like 7, 8 o'clock, I'd be like, come on. I'm waiting. Just wait to see what's going to come out. I would be I would be waiting for the update. Like, and then I'd just be reloading, reloading, and then bam. And then I would, just, and then I would start researching what I was going to get that. And that, and that's when I learned how to figure out, oh, okay, this is when. Because for the first couple weeks of my comments, I was just asking, like, when does this come out? And they're like, hmm. No one would really help me figure it out, so I just learned on my own. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they, that's that. That's how that's how it used to work, wasn't it? I mean, we're going to sound like two old men talking about how how the good old days used to go, but I mean, that's you know, you used to have to physically go into the shop. You have to talk to people. If you wanted to know what happened in the issues, you had to pick up the issues or speak to someone else uh, who had picked up the issue. Um, you know, there's very very rarely spoilers online or anything like that it was pretty much just you know pick up and and dive in and as you say like you learn about the marvel universe from reading the avengers because that was the core book wasn't it really or one of a couple it, it was like one of the one of the books and it was like here's return pretty much was was that fantastic four iron man all these different books so yeah. it was the perfect way to dive into marvel but also the most hilarious way to figure out what, because it was like it was kind of funny because I discovered Avengers and I discovered Deadpool, Thunderbolts, and I, I was pretty much a straight up Marvel dude for, for a while. But yeah, it, yeah. Me too. Be, yeah, it's Marvel a little bit DC later on, and then it was interesting. It was it was a very unique period, and and I was like, and most of the time I kind of learned about this stuff. 
I would say like comic store helped a, a little bit, but a lot of it was straight up just me kind of hearing about this thing, that thing, researching around online, and just kind of it just kind of seemed like hearing about this book and seeing this book on the newsstand and going, "Ooh, that might be fun. Ooh, that might be fun." Now you're understanding more. It's like this is how I actually still have that in me to this day, but. It's de- but I definitely was back in the early days of my comic buying with me going, ooh, that might be fun. And I would just buy an issue and just see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, but- this seems like... I mean, I've I've not picked this book up for years now. But I remember... I've, I've picked it up especially, and I've been reading through it earlier today just to kind of in prep for this. And the first thing, you know, if you've ever... Any of you guys at home have ever picked up this issue or had a look, it, it's worth Googling the, the cover because if you imagine kind of you know young ways going into a shop and picking up this issue there's a reason why you were drawn to this one because the cover is a wraparound cover that has every single avenger from you know the last 30 odd years of comics smack bang on the front and it's it's right in your face and it's like this is number one first issue it's all on there and it's uh, I can see why you picked it up it's so. I mean, it's like from that little wizard blur to me buying the cover, by me buying the comic. Because all it was is a little, little wizard headline, not a big feature article, it was a little wizard thing, and then me going, okay, and then I buy the issue, and I'm just in me because I mean, it's like what a perfect reintroduction the comics. Yeah. It's like every Avenger in one story, in one issue, and and being set up for like a, because it's like this was like the one that pretty much was not done in one year. It's set up like. Like about it was a good three issue storyline that said that pretty much came out of this. Yeah, well, yeah. Four, but three for the bigger storyline, and this is and but it it caught me just enough because it was just so much stuff happening that it made me go, okay, I'm in. Like this is too cool. I mean, it's like and like and even and it, it filled you in on what happened after Heroes Reborn. Yeah. And filled you in on what happened and. Then, even though I did not know there was a Heroes Return miniseries until until I got it, but I didn't really... I never have read that to this day, actually. Have you but, not? Oh, no, it's good. I actually have not read the Heroes Return miniseries that Peter David did. I, I need to read one of these days. But. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I really liked it. I think it still stands up, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit with, with my issue because mine's around the same time as yours. Um, yeah. Well, it's exactly the same time, really. But um, going back to this, I mean... When we say every Avengers in this, I mean there are some deep cuts in this. I mean I reading through it today, there's some I don't recognise. Um and this is this is years later of like diving in. So at the time when I picked this up, I think I was put off it a little bit because there were just so many characters I didn't I didn't know. It's it's like that's what's fascinating to me. I mean it's like you got like outside of like the main team, like giant Giant Man, Thor, Captain America, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and and all, and then and then you get like all these people, like the main team, and the, like the Wasp, and then all these, and then you get like Beast, and then like then it gets into like Sandman, and then yeah, Sandman's there, that's, and then, that's really weird. Sandman was an Avenger for a short period of time. Spider-Man even pops up in this because he was only the reserve Avenger, Avenger at this point, but technically he was an Avenger. Yeah, he doesn't last long though, does he? He's just kind of 
wanders off. He's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm here at the meeting, and then no, I've got some legal issues. I've uh, I've got to go. I gotta go. And then Ma- and then they even put in Magdalene and Swordsman who came out. They were, they were like the the Avengers that were part of like the Bob Harris run in like the night and like the nineties, and then it's and then it gets like Stingray and yeah, it's like even Rage binary which is obviously uh carol danvers in a previous form and back in the days before she was captain marvel which and then then it's like crystal and then spider woman the julia carpenter spider woman and then star fox and moon dragon dark hawk there's a there's a two-page spread in the middle where you know this this giant threat has happened and captain america and iron man they they call together every avenger they can and they're all in the kind of dining room of this mansion of the avengers mansion and they're all sat there and this is a a massive massive sprawl of characters um including all the ones we've just mentioned and and many more um but there's there's even ones like right at the back like i can't i don't even know who that guy is uh there's black knight uh there's uh, Vision, there's Quasar, there's uh, Firestar and uh, Justice, who they become members of the Kurt Busiek team, don't they, moving forward? And they're uh, new warriors to begin with, are they? Yeah, they were new warriors because they were with Rage, who Rage was the Avenger. Ah. And then Rage ends up leaving by the end, by the end of the story, but yeah. in issue four... Like Justice and Firestar and the Firestar ended up becoming um, Reserve Avengers by the end. Yeah, yeah. And they just pretty much, and that's how they set them up. But I mean, they even put Living, they even put like Living Lightning in this, who was the, who was the West Coast Avenger. Yeah, I mean, it's, looking back on this, it's it's not surprising at all that there are like deep cuts and old references. Like the the main villain in this in this issue anyway is. Um, Morgana Le Fay, who's the the Celtic witch from King Arthur times. And now, I mean, she's been in quite a bit since this. She was in, like, some of the Bendis issues and things like that. So I was kind of like, oh, yeah, there there she is. But then looking at the little editor's note, which always makes me laugh in the bottom corner, like, you know, this is way back in so-and-so. Morgan was back in issues 240 and 241. And so that that's going back quite a way really but I mean Kurt Busiek loves his deep cuts and he loves going back through it like Avengers Forever the you know the 12 part kind of maxi series that he writes later than this isn't it it's, uh, it's a couple of years after this yeah um, if you ever dive into Avengers Forever you and I are going to be like in deep cut Wonderland oh, because you think his deep cuts are big in this first bit of Avengers he gets even more deep cuts like yeah. Yeah. Avengers of Forever is like a deep cut wonderland of of you going, where did you fight? Where did you dig that up from? And I was still relatively new to read. Like for like this came out a couple, and I was still pretty new, and I was still in my readjusting the comics. So there was some stuff I was like, wait, what? Wow, I have no idea, but this is cool. And I mean, that's what that's what a lot of my comics have boiled down to for a while was, I have no idea, but this is cool. Like and then I learned later. I was like, oh, okay, this makes much more sense now, because, and, and and then it's like, and then of course then you have George Perez illustrating it all. I mean, George Perez and Al Bay being the art team on this, and you're just like, wow, 
the art on it is is great it's kind of classic avengers it's so detailed which it has to be because there's so many characters Prez is insane. Just, just always put it. Prez is one of the few artists who, if you need, if you need, if you go like, hey, I bet like George at this period was like, hey George, you wanna do an entire wraparound cover with like every Avengers up to this point? Yeah. Before we even get inside the comic, uh, yeah, do you wanna just drive yourself mad by drawing every single Avenger? Thanks. And then, and then when he does JLA Avengers with uh, Kurt Busiek later, he draws every single JLA member and every single Avengers member. Crazy. During, like, when he does that, so... Yeah, um... George Perez is, like, one of the people who can, he can pretty much go, George, okay. And he and he draws that detail, it looks good, and your yeah. no detail is skint. It, you're, it's like it blows you away when you're like, this is so cool. So what was it about this issue, then, that that got you back into comics was so it was this the trigger or was this like a series of comics like one of a few comics or was this like the one it was like the trigger like it was like sort of like the the point of where i'm like i like this and then and it's like and then for a while i mostly i bought i think i bought avengers and then and then i like over and then i discovered that music wrote thunderbolts and i like that and then mm. i discovered that and then I discovered Deadpool on like a a newsstand at a at a bookstore at like and I just went, I like this. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. So I started by so it was kind of like a success, like this kind of like the it's kind of like the gateway into a larger comics realm. And it's it's just one of those books that you just think, Wow, like this what this book that has so much like like life to it that caught my eye so much and that that's why I always tell as, as and that's funny because I when I wrote I actually wrote a bit on this on a uh, Rights of Geek at hmm. and I remember and I remember Busek I actually retweeted it and I was like oh dear lord my my pretty much my Kurt Busek and George Perez gush fest <laughs> um, that it's and I just how like, embarrassing no, I'm oh it was it, it was pretty glorious I mean it was straight up a gush fest because I pretty much like Kurt Busek's why I got like why I got back in the comics. I mean, that's the honest to goodness yeah. truth. I mean, Dirk Buzek was pretty much like my first comic getting back into it. And to that, cause I discovered, and then I discovered like, I even discovered Astro City not too long after it. So, that's, so it, that's it was, like, still one thing I've not read. Oh my, yeah, you need, Astro City is well worth checking out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's pretty, it's a, it's pretty, it's like you have, you have to pretty much go through it and, Definitely, you can and like, I almost recommend start at the beginning, but you could probably start like the current like Vertigo run. They're they've mm. been doing. I think uh, I definitely want to start right at the beginning with that, but um, but yeah. So what um what you say this got you back into comics? What were you reading before this? Really, I was. I you know it's really weird. I really wasn't reading that. I was kind of, I was kind of di- dipping into manga a little bit. Mm. And, kind of reading some manga here and there i was kind of reading some and i was kind of, i was kind of reading i was kind of watch. i was watching some anime and i and i was kind of getting into a little bit of that and i really and i, and I was it was kind of that and then i just kind of went and then and then the avengers ha- and then i saw that when i when i saw the that wizard of the avengers it kind of and it's like well i'm back in the mer- i am back into co- the full-blown comic book scene again because i really I was kind of just dabbling this stuff. It really wasn't seriously into anything. It was kind of like, okay, like I, I like the anime. 
I, I liked watching anime, that was not, and I liked reading the occasional manga, but and mostly, but it was mostly just I really wasn't. And then it's like it's kind of like Avengers opened me back up to the uh, gigantic world of everything, and it was just sort of like through Avengers came like the even larger reading universe. I think, right yeah, now. I mean, I think that's reading back that Avengers issue specifically, but remembering you know how the Marvel universe was kind of structured back then. This this is the perfect gateway issue really it's it if anything's going to get you back into comics it's this because there's so many characters at least in this first issue as well that you know i can imagine your your brain working overtime to kind of go well who's that well who's that one then and where where's they where have they gone and like spider-man kind of runs off to his own book so you could follow him into his book and and like Beast is there, so that kind of leads into the X-Men a little bit. And, and just loads of characters get referenced and mentioned. And it's it, that is intriguing. And it, it automatically, in one issue, kind of establishes that, yeah, this is this is a book. Um, it's a number one. Uh, this is a team. But this is part of a bigger universe. And it's all right there, kind of in this one issue, really. Like I said, it's like that's how I got back in the door. I mean, like I was read, I, I was just picking up books left and right. Like after, yeah. after it was sort of like it became like it's kind of like almost like a blurry, a blur, war, a whirlwind of sequential wonderland of me just going, ooh, okay, ooh. Like I was like I got into like freaking battle chasers at one point, which that's uh-huh. a story for another day. And, <laughs> yeah, but I got into so many books. It was like, wow, there are so many cool books. What I mean, what? That's- and then I discovered stuff later when I wasn't reading comics, and I discovered all this other stuff, and I'm like, you know, if I would have known this existed, I probably would have never stopped reading comics. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, were you going backwards through comics, and you're thinking, all those years I wasn't reading anything. These, This is what was coming out. I should have been reading them then. Exactly. That, that's what it was. Like, some stuff is like, okay, you can see why I wasn't reading, but other stuff, I was like, if I would have known this existed, I would have been reading comics. I think that, that covers it quite well as well, because the the time i mean we've talked about kind of in your context but in the context of of comics at that time like heroes reborn and heroes return um i mean we should talk about that a little bit i guess i mean i suppose the for those that don't know um in the mid to late 90s marvel did this whole you know pretty much a reboot really wasn't it of their four four of their main titles so it was Fantastic Four, uh, Iron Man, Captain America, and the Avengers were all ended, were all cancelled, following this massive event um, called Onslaught, wasn't it, I suppose? I don't know whether there was a it more was, a name for it. It was the aftermath of the Onslaught event. Yeah. And, it, and they pretty much were confirmed, they were pretty much thought dead, so they just went, and, and they were just shunted off to the other universe. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I'll have to look back through, and, and people listening can can let me know about this. But I don't know whether when they were cancelled and they were they were all those four series were rebooted to issue number one, and issue number one started with their a brand new origin for them, wasn't it? Really, like Fantastic yeah. Four was them going up in the rocket and getting hit with the cosmic rays. Iron Man was him getting you know getting his new suit of armor. Um, so. They were right, right back to the beginning, wiping out everything that came before it. At that time, did people know that it was a pocket universe? Because nope. it, 
that was so that wasn't it was it that was just as far as people were aware it was a brand new start for these characters because that was actually when you read later like the plan was initially that they were probably gonna like if they would have kept going with it there probably was a chance it probably might have actually gone on longer but just the, it, I, I I don't know all the full detail but it seemed like it was just sort of like okay this is mm. we've got to go back to where we need to get back to where where we were getting to because it's like is it they also had a lot of stuff going on. It was like initially it was Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, and and then like Jim Lee, Jeff Lowe was involved in this. Uh, Jeff Lowe Jeff was, was, yeah, he was um, Captain America, I think. Yeah, even it, Rob Liefeld was on, and then and Jim Valentino was involved in it. Jim Valentino, um, uh, Brandon Choi was the artist. Scott Lobdell uh, did a bit as well. Right, Brandon Choi was a writer. Uh, Brandon Choi was a writer. Yeah, he worked on uh, Fantastic Four with Jim Lee. That's it. And Wow, I cannot believe I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was good memory. And these all these all went on for uh, a year, like 12, 13 issues. They did, and like, then it, they did 12 issues. Sorry. They did 12 yeah. issues, and then there's the thir- and then there's the 13 issue that that they kind of did a weird crossover with the Wildstorm universe. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Because I've Wild- never collected anywhere. You can't you can't get those issues in a collection. <laughs> Nope, they what? Because that was a Wildstorm crossover, and they, and and pretty much once Wildstorm got bought by DC, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, they're easy to get if you're curious enough. Oh, they're easy as sin to get, but it's like, but it, but yeah, it's like there's a thirteenth. They because they were caught. It's like they had like a they. Well, what I think it was they couldn't get the new books ready yet, so they had to do like a thirteenth issue. So they just gave up with a crazy thirteenth issue issue crossover with Wildstorm. Yeah. Yes, they so like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And it was I I actually read a couple issues of that and it's really kind of quirky and weird, but it's kinda of cool looking. I kinda of, I kinda of, I actually do one of these days want to dive into the entire Heroes Reborn stuff. I has haven't gotten into it. I'd love to find the thirteen issues. I actually do kind of want to get the thirteen issues at some point, but Yeah, I think I, think I, I... I remember reading because uh, the first ever like kind of Marvel or American comic I picked up pretty much was um, a UK reprint of uh, Fantastic Four and Iron Man uh, issue two of the Heroes Reborn, and so it was like it was collected in one comic, um, but it was it was number two and it had inside it had Fantastic Four number two and Iron Man number two. Um, so I followed that series to the end, and I just read it in the sense of, oh, well, this is this is the comic. I never knew anything about Onslaught, never knew anything about what came before. Um, and then as it got to the end, it slowly started, um, you know, it, and dropping hints that they were part of a a smaller pocket universe, um, because obviously the the, the uh, Exercise, I suppose, the event that they put together wasn't successful, um, and they decided to fold them back into the real Marvel universe. And so, right. to do that, they had Heroes Reborn: The Return, which was the four-issue miniseries that you talked about. Um, and I read those as well, and it kind of opened it all up. And it was quite a good. We talk about gateway comics. This was quite a good gateway for me because I'd had this pocket little. 
uh, universe of my own to kind of read and get into and understand how comics work and the kind of the the rhythm of of superhero comics and how massive and bombastic they can be and then I was just kind of going right you you've had this and now we're going to throw you in the deep end because this is actually boom 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 you know massive universe realities colliding and then back in this proper universe and it was just like the doors opened and and everything came flooding in then that's that is the wildest way i have i have ever heard but that's so cool that is freaking neat that 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 was it and that's what um that's what got me into you know pretty much into marvel comics i've picked up a few before then and i'd watch the tv shows the cartoons and all that um but before then it was um it was like when i was very little it was beano beano and dandy which are kind of like just comic strip kind of yeah. uh, comics um and a little bit of 2000 ad but that was always a little bit i don't think my my mom liked me picking that up because it was a bit too adult um but loads of franchise comics so like sonic the hedgehog comics and, and stuff like that so i was always reading comics but then picked up this marvel uk two-in-one book of of iron man and fantastic four and that was that was it for me that was that was it superheroes and marvel marvel specifically because i've only really got into dc in the last three or four years um but uh but yeah marvel comics was 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 full on and um so then so that- you know, heroes reborn the return kind of kicked off and then that's where avengers number one comes in then doesn't it because the whole uh heroes reborn brought all the heroes back into the main marvel universe and exactly. and then avengers number one kicked in avengers it was like avengers number one it's like all the books kind of started right around a pretty similar time period. So it was like Avengers, and then it was like Iron Man, like I said, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Thor. I mean, they started, they, they start. these books were like blasting out left and right. Because yeah. one book that had, like, the book, there were some books that hadn't stopped, like Spider Man was still in the main Marvel Universe and X Men and all that stuff, but it was like Fantastic, but like all these other, the books that had gotten the, the return were the books that were just kind of like, well, you're in the pocket universe that Franklin Richards sent you to. Yeah, and that that was it wasn't it that was the um that was the reason it was the the onslaught massive onslaught epic you know these heroes threw themselves uh into the breach to kind of uh to end the conflict and, and destroy him once and for all blah 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 and then franklin richards who's the son of mr fantastic and susan storm richards um he's omnipotent almost and he's like a like a mini god like yes. a, a kind of a celestial in child form almost his, his powers are never fully really explored apart from the fact that yeah he can create universes and he kind of created this universe to keep his his family and friends and heroes safe until such time they could come back in, in fact they had like it's like funny franklin richards is like one of the most powerful like powerful beings in the marvel universe yeah he has to have to dial. They have to dial it down because it's like, you know, if we ever let Franklin fully loose, he would just. They would. It would just be like the ultimate, like, like, uh, ultimate, like, any, easy way to solve any situation. Well, yeah. if everything's going to heck, going to hell in a handbasket, Franklin. Okay. Yeah, that's why they never really, never really touch on it, do they? Just kind of go, yeah, he, he can do that, but uh, we don't, we don't talk about it. Talk about it. the only person that really went loose with it was Hickman. 
Yeah. I think I kind of went a little like he, he was the one that kind of played around with some of Franklin stuff, but but it's like but like the only time they've ever really cut loose with Franklin in any crazy way was this the hero's return into Heroes Reborn, the Heroes Return bit because it's like, how do we fix this? How do we get the heroes back into the main Marvel universe? Franklin Richardson into a pocket universe, gold. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. It's like make it happen, people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that kind I mean, of um, leads on to, uh, to to my comic really, which is the one I want to talk about is Fantastic Four number one, and that's from the same era, so it's uh, the I suppose it's volume three, isn't it? Because um, volume one was pre-onslaught. Volume two was Heroes Reborn, and then volume three was this brand new run. And this was back when volume numbers kind of meant something, I suppose, because it's just there's too many of them now. Second day. Yeah. So it's like um, beyond days of the late nineties. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Fantastic Four number one. This was for me. It's very similar to yourself in um, that, you know, you saw this issue was coming out. I went to the local comic book store by me um, that I think I'd been into a few times before, but it was always just kind of big and daunting and so many issues that I didn't really know where to start. But then I kind of thought, right, well, this is a number one. I know this is a number one that's coming out, so I'm going to make a beeline for that one and um, picked up. Fantastic Four number one, and I think I might have picked up Iron Man number one, but I don't know whether that came out the same month or not. But I definitely ended up collecting that series as well because that was the other book that I was reading in those UK reprints. But Fantastic Four number one was the first American comic book that I picked up pretty much that wasn't a, re- a UK reprint. And I think before then, I think I was probably picking up like Star Trek comics, like the Marvel Star Trek comics when they were coming out. Right. They were doing that at that point. You what, sorry? They were doing that at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, I think I was getting that at the time as well. And um, so yeah, I picked up Fantastic Four number one and, um, and just loved it. And I'm still... I don't think I'm. I don't know whether I'm nostalgic for it or whether it is genuinely a good issue, but I think I read it earlier today. And interesting fact, listeners, if you've not read it yourself, um, it went up on Comicsology on the seventh of June. So as we're recording this, that's three yes. days ago. So what? that is good timing. That is perfect timing, dude. <laughs> yeah. One pound. Uh, well, over here it's one pound forty nine. I don't know how much it is. You're in a dollar ninety nine, maybe. But yeah, perfect timing. Okay. So go and pick yeah. it up, which I did, um, because my issue is buried in a long box upstairs somewhere, um, which was quite handy then. That it, I just searched on Comicsology and it was like new this week or new latest releases or something. Um, so I picked it up, read it, shiny, brand new digital version, which was super awesome. And uh, yeah, just, just picked it up and read it, and re- remember everything about it. Um, the villains in it are a bit forgettable. I think they come back once, about twenty issues later. It's uh, this uh, band of villains called the Ruined, uh, which are so. It, it's a weird run. It it's the weirdest run of a of that book because it's like when you get into it. 
initially it was supposed to be because it was like Dell and uh, Scott Lobdell and Alan Davis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With uh, Mark Farmer doing working on it, and it's all by the way, dollar ninety nine US. So, ah, that's it. Cool. And and it's a um, it's in so they so they end up so it ends up being like Lobdell ends up leaving the series, but and Chris Claremont ends up taking over for for Scott Lobdell. Claremont ends up working off of Scott Lobdell's initial plot hmm. for a couple of issues to uh, to get the set to pretty much, and then eventually, then Claremont goes off on his own on issue six. Yeah, and he's there till mid thirties, I think. So he's he's on for, I mean, obviously not not as far as Claremont's concerned, but he, uh, you know, for normal normal humans that don't write decades and decades of continuity like Claremont does. That was quite a, a significant run, really. For about 30, maybe, because I know he's in there for a while. Yeah. He's in like, maybe four, I mean, he's in there for a bit, because then it's like, cause it's like Claremont, then it's Claremont, then I think a short little run in between, and then there's uh, then there's, and then uh, Jeff Loeb does, because like I know Adam Warren does a run at one point. Oh, right. And then but then it's like before that, it was Jeff Loeb did a, did a run on Fantastic Four for a period of time. Uh, see, I'm a little spotty around that time because I remember reading most of Claremont's run. I think I missed out on a couple of later issues or a couple of the last ones. And then I dropped off Fantastic Four because I was exploring loads of other comics by that point. I kind of My world had exploded. Um, and came back to it with Mark Wade's run which i think was issue 60 yeah it was like issue, yeah around issue 60 because i and don't my i'm actually look it's funny i'm actually looking at it looking at it to remind myself but it's not that big i'm kind of curious i'm trying to remember because carmen has a pretty long had a pretty decent run on that book i mean not hyper crazy long but it was no, like no. It certainly was, not, not compared to his track record on the x-men which at the time i had no idea about that wasn't even on my radar because this was kind of again back in the day it's kind of back in a time when x-men and avengers were there might as well have been a wall between them really it was they kept the wall between those books and they kept the wall between those books hard yeah and there were as many x-men books as there were everything else it was yeah you're right it was like it was uh issue 32 Ah, okay. Oh, that was, that was kind of accurate then. Close. It was pretty darn. I mean, it's like, cause, and then it's like after, because it's a, but it's just a weird. It is like the, it, but it's, but it's like such weird because like back in the day they really, but it's like Claremont then, like he was the one that started at like from what it's so weird how when you deal with Fantastic Four is, they have Lobdell involved with uh, Fantastic Four and Lobdell was mostly just doing the X books for a good period of time. Yeah. Yeah. What mostly he was doing, so he did Fantastic Four, and when you think about Fantastic Four, his those three issues he does, there's some of the, I mean, I'm not like I said, I, it's like I don't really, I didn't really discover this the first time around. I actually discovered it later, like I didn't, like it wasn't one of the initial books I bought. Hmm. When, I, when I read, it, I'm like, oh, this is actually some of the better Lobdell stuff I've ever read. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's I, I, fun it's lively it has a lot and and i'm not sure how much that is lobdell i'm not sure how much that's alan davis's scary good artwork i mean it's like and and i'm not sure if avis worked with lobdell in the story or what i mean however this worked out 
these three issues they did together are pretty stellar. They're pretty solid, really solid, and they hold up as well. And that, I can see why this Death Four issue, when you were reading the Heroes Reborn stuff and getting into it, and then when you read this for as your first American comic, you're just like, wow. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, the villains are goofy. And also, there's a neat little Easter egg, though, that I never, when I read it, and for anyone who's huge, like, huge in the, there's actually a very funny Easter egg of Tintin in this comic. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I didn't, I, I must have seen it, because it's, it's pretty obvious when you know it's there, but, um, yeah, I, I don't remember it, and I, I read it earlier today, and I was like, is that, that Tintin? speaking to mr fantastic it's hilarious it's like, it's like here's mr and mrs here's mr fantastic and here's an is your visible woman just kind of do it just kind of checking out checking out the scene and then here they are talking to tintin you're like thinking tintin yeah it, and he's got it, a little I, pin badge of snowy i mean i never i get the snowy pin badge and there's tintin and you're just like i swear I, you imagine them sliding that in there i'm actually legit amazed like they did, marvel didn't hear from like the tintin people yeah and, but i think they're kind of like yeah because this is still when marvel was in like their latter bit of bankruptcy I, well i think that's that was kind of one of the driving factors of the whole onslaught reboot wasn't it really whether that was a, a consequence of or an attempt to you know to boost sales to avoid the bankruptcy it was all kind of mixed in together wasn't it really it was it was that was a very it was a very quirky situation with marvel i mean during that period of time what marvel was going through i mean they had they were trying that's what they did heroes reborn and then and then it's like okay and then they decided okay we're going to go back to 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 the original style of these heroes and i don't know the fools like i don't know the full story i I, I've read it somewhere before. I just cannot remember for the life of me. Mm. But it's like, but it's very, it's interesting to see when they go in the Heroes Return and and you see all the stuff they go into it. And it's it's kind of funny, kind of like the event is like Fantastic Four kind of has a like their story Fantastic Four is also kind of a neat little done in one. It's really a done in one story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Avengers sets up the story moving forward, doesn't it? But this is very much, you know, these are the characters. This is the kind of thing they do. Even the, I mean, the villains are pretty throwaway, aren't they? Really? I mean, you don't, you don't really need to know anything about them other than the fact that they're the bad guys. The focus is on Johnny and Ben and Reed and Sue and Franklin and their dynamic. And it, I mean, I think it's still one of my favourite Fantastic Four issues because it it sets them all up perfectly. And I, and I agree because it's just. Sometimes in comics, all you need, the art of the done in one, is something that can still be done, but when it, and it works, it works beautifully. Yeah. Like that's why, you see, that's what's neat. That's why you see people. That's why people lost their entire minds over Green Arrow. Going back. Yeah, to I guess so. Yeah. It was done in one. It, it set up everything you pretty much need to know and how to go about the character in one issue. Yeah. And with some people nowadays, it's like. And everyone does uh, operates differently, but some people can take like one, three, sometimes even six to twelve issues to get characters reestablished again. When you can do it in one issue, that's 
that's an impressive feat. I mean, oh, totally, yeah. I think there's there's something to be said about decompressed storytelling, but at the same time, the the issues that have stood out in my mind in recent years have mostly been one shots, mostly been done in one stories, and there, actually, you you've hit the nail on the head. Like there is an art to it. And I think it's. I think I heard uh, an interview with Scott Snyder where he was saying he, his writing style or he what he prefers to do is to write these shorter one shot stories, and I think he he much prefers the the limitations of a short story, um, and you can tell because some of my favourite done in one stories have been the Scott Snyder Batman ones that have kind of intersected his long run. And it's weird because like it's. Because I, I do want to say it's like why because Snyder has like one of the things about Snyder is they say about he has issues with getting a good ending, mm. and but the one thing about that like probably one of the better bits he ever did was Zero Year because it was a contained one year story, and it worked pretty darn well in the setting up. Okay, that's this year one Batman story. Okay, that's it was a really cool little setup and. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it was sort of like him doing condensed, and then he got to do like a couple condensed stories before he got into doing the big arc. But it was like it's actually pretty cool, and you can tell that's where Snyder's stuff excels when he can do stuff that kind of works on its own, and he can kind of control where he wants to take it. And and that's and if it, and that's also because like a year, cause if you have a game plan for a beginning, middle, and end of your story, that's awesome choices. But when you go back to go back in the day, when you see like like that Fantastic Four issue you mentioned that that was your first big American comic and done in one beginning, middle and end yeah. that's impressive yeah. it is really it, impressive and like the the next one I remember from Fantastic Four that was a great done in one uh, was the was issue 60 which was the first issue that Mark Wade did and that is still the to me, it's it's an issue that I will, if I had fifty copies of it, I'd give it to fifty different people. Yeah, that was the one they did did for like, what was it like seven cents back in the day? Yeah, yeah, it had um it had like an offer on the front where it was dirt cheap, and um, it was a done in one issue that kind of it's the premise of it was a film crew was following or a documentary crew was following the fantastic four in an average day in their life and so i mean the the trope the setup trope is pretty kind of cliche really but it's a great kind of it's a trope that works because it introduces every character and what they're about and what they do and and they do it from like an outsider's perspective, and it's brilliant. It was really good, and um, I mean, Mark Wade's run on Fantastic Four is is my favourite run on Fantastic Four, full stop. And uh, and that was a, a brilliant start to it, you know. It's and I really and I liked what they did with that, and it's really interesting when they did the seven when they did the seventh cent issue, is and that was also when Mike Waringo was doing the art on it. Yeah, oh man, yeah. Oh, rest in peace, Mike Waringo. Yeah, rest in peace. And and it's and his stuff and his work on that book was it is so good. It's really amazing stuff. And mm. and that's and that seven cent issue is just one of the things where you just go, Wow, that like all that all this work on Fantastic Four that he did with Mark Wade is stellar and yeah. that yeah. all done in one issue, it's like 
I remember that book was just flying on stands because it was seven cents for one thing. So people were buying <laughs> seven cents. I mean, it's so cheap. I mean, how how much is seven? I'm curious. Like this is this is just out of my curiosity. Like how much is seven cents American? Oh man, you're gonna have to look that up now, aren't we? It's got to be like four pen, four pence. I'm just curious. It's not. It's not. I'm just curious because that. <laughs> nothing i can't i don't even know what they would have sold it for they kind of sold it for like four pence surely because it was good i mean it was during the day when they were doing that stuff like 10 cent comic to get people in the door and they were doing like they would do these little promotions to get people in the door so they'd be like seven cents ten cents all this stuff to get people to buy the first issue to try out what i did with superman with like a 10 cent comic and then they were stuff all the time it must have worked because that was what got me back into Fantastic Four and I mean I I think it it didn't hurt that it was an absolutely fantastic issue no pun intended Um, yeah totally no pun intended yeah not at all it would be fully intended but you not intended yeah yeah Yeah. if if it's a good pun then I totally intended it (laughs) (laughs) that's why I think it's um, like overall I think it's quite interesting that our significant issues came out around the same time yeah it's it was just such a it was a unique period and it was that it was one of the most interesting ways to do a gateway and and, and that's what's interesting about how all the stuff that involves what got us both in back either back in the comics it's like they were stuff that like you're kind of like the uk magazines mm. and which is interesting i about how the UK does their reprints in these cool little magazine formats. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they still do them now, I think. Um, it's like cardstock cover mm-hmm. um, with two or even, I think even maybe three issues in. And they do different themed ones. So they did what happened uh, once Heroes Return kicked off and they started reprinting like the, the volume threes, as it were. They introduced Peter David's Hulk into the book. So the UK reprint then was um, Fantastic Four, Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. So there was... You you got so much more for your money then and that got me into Peter David's Incredible Hulk run, which I've still never read all of, but again, fantastic issues. I haven't read all that either, so that... That's on. That's another one of those runs that's on my list of things that I need to read all of at one yeah, point. That I massive, never-ending list. It's a long run. You're just running long. Yeah, it's, it, it's like, massive. I want to dive into it, but I don't. It's like one of the things where it's like it's not really fully collected. Mm. I mean, even Marvel Unlimited, if you wanted to get that, it's still. I don't think it's fully on there yet. I don't know for sure. I don't think it's. That's a shame. But I. But so it's. But yeah. It's really, I don't know, I really, but I like that. I mean, you know, it's funny, Matt. You and I actually kind of have strangely similar gateways. Yeah, it's, similar uh, origin origin stories. In a way, that's actually pretty funny. I, yeah. It, it makes sense why you and I, it's funny when, when it's fun behind the scenes, like when, when Matt and I first worked at RWG, it's kind of like when RWG writes as geek, and it's like, Matt, Matt, I always said Matt was like probably the people I kind of clicked with pretty, because I had a few people I clicked with really well. And Matt was one of the people I could click with pretty easily. Yeah, and, same. So and that met yes, it's like so. So it's kind of funny and so it was like so that Matt, you and I kind of had 
kind of had similar words. I was like, okay, it makes sense why you and I got get along. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Knew there was a reason. Knew there was a reason why we got along so well. Yeah, and I think generally, like, however, you know, profitable or you know, technically successful, the Heroes Reborn, Heroes Return kind of experiment was. Um, it certainly got us two back into comics. Mm-hmm. So, and we we can't have been alone. I mean, you know. Guys, if you're listening, if that was what got you back into comics or, you know, if that kind of renewed your interest in comics or even if it was the opposite, you know, if that put you off comics for a while, definitely let us know, you know, get in touch. Um, Because I I think that was a fascinating era for for Marvel anyway. I mean, I don't really know what was going on with DC. But, but yeah, that was was kind of a... A crucial time and as, as you say it got us both into it so it was uh, it must have done its job some way it, it did pretty well because like i said dc at that period i don't really remember because they were i know they were doing jla at that time i know they had J, Rent morrison's jla going oh, on right, okay and they, so they were had, probably doing all right for themselves then doing all right but they were like they really had jails like jla going on had a few things going on but they, it was like i didn't discover dc till a little bit later but another story for another day but yeah. definitely but yeah that that definitely Marvel was definitely Marvel did a good thing in kind of setting up this year's return event, and it got people really set up back in the comics, and it it was def- it was just so much fun. I mean, that was like I said, that was probably some of the most genuine fun I have ever had of just discovering this brand new and discovering all the books mm-hmm. following. In future, I'd like to have guests on the show and we'll talk to them, get to know the issues they love. But then at the end of the podcast, I'd like me and Wes to come back and we'll have a little 10, 20 minute talk about, you know, having a fun kind of segment to end the show on. Now, we've been tossing ideas back and forth and one of the ideas we had was to start working our way through a classic run. So we're talking about these kind of classic runs like Fantastic Four, Avengers, um, but there's hundreds, literally hundreds of runs we could pick from. Um, So I think what we're going to do is starting next episode, we'll end each podcast by working our way through a classic series. Now, we haven't decided have we yet which one we're going to go with we haven't decided yet i mean now the one run that i would not mind diving into further because we were talking i know i have not read the entire claremont fantastic four run okay cool I, and i kind of want and a reason to read it and i've not really read it all so i kind of would be like you know what i would not mind reading the rest of the the like it really diving into the like the because i've read the Dell stuff i've read never really read all of the fantastic four runs i'm like you know what i need a reason to read because and it's like 32 issues so it's actually that's at, doable it's doable it's not that bad i mean if we ever had to or if there was like issues where it's kind of like not a lot to cover this issue not a lot to cover that issue it's like yeah. you don't have to do like two at once in an episode i mean it's pretty doable i think so yeah i mean that, that's a good idea i mean which which what were you thinking i remember reading that fantastic four run and i remember really enjoying it so I'd be up for that, definitely. And plus, I've got kind of nostalgic feelings for that. But, they, I mean, there's loads, isn't there? There's loads of runs. Like, we mentioned Astro City. Love, would love it, to get into that. I've never f- read the complete Buzek Perez uh, Avengers run. Really? Exactly. Oh, that, that you, you realise we could be in for a ride and a half. Because that <laughs> get real weird. Well, real- there we go, yeah. So we could read that one, but... 
that way. What do you? I mean, I want to ask the listeners as well. What do you guys think? What What would you like? Would you like to hear us talk about uh, Claremont's Fantastic Four? Would you like to hear us talk about Buzek and Perez's Avengers? So, or have you got one of your own? I mean, obviously, if neither of us own the series that you want us to read, it'd be quite expensive for us. But still, you know, we could do it if you like. If you really want us to review something, um, so let us know. Um, to get in touch with the show, you can email um, the show. You can email the. I mean, this is going to be hosted on awesomesourcecomics.com, which is uh, which is my website. Um, so you can email the show through the website uh, awesomesourcecomics at gmail.com and that's source as in S-O-U-R-C-E uh, as in your source for all things awesome. Uh, you can tweet me, I'm at Matt Loon, M-A-T-T-L-U-N-E. That's the ways you can get in touch with me. What about you, Wes? I'm easy to get in touch with. Just look at me. Look me up on Twitter at, at geekulanded and feel free fire me a line too if you got any any ideas you want to talk about i mean i'm pretty gay i am and then i need to do an official introduction on my own site for this hit me a lineup on geekulanda.com but the easiest way to probably get in touch with me will probably be just on twitter because twitter is the easiest way to get in touch with me period it's like <laughs> usually i my phone will buzz me if i get if i get someone saying hi to me on twitter so yeah and, and yeah. me and you are pretty pretty responsive on twitter aren't we i mean i know that um I know that if people want to get in touch with me, I'm I'm always, you know, happy yeah. to have a chat yeah. with someone. Exactly, same here. I always love when people go, "Hey, yeah, I got something you got an idea you want to throw away. Feel free. What you got? I mean, I I want this to be an interactive show too. I mean, I want people to kind of ask questions what they're curious about. I mean, like what they want to hear us talk about or what they want us to dive into, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Conversations are fun. I mean, it's like when you're it's like it's like it's kind of it's kind of neat when you're not feeling like you're podcasting in a bubble. Yeah, and you're kind of. And it's like, oh wow! It's like when people start talking to you and asking you questions and so forth. You're kind of you're thinking, oh cool! People are actually asking us questions and getting into it because <laughs> I yeah. was when people were talking about our podcast on Twitter and saying, hey, we want to listen to this or start, I'm going, people, oh yeah, yeah, cool. that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, I was like, oh, Neat. that's that's great. Thanks for thanks for listening. I was like, oh, that's me. I'm, I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. And that's that's the biggest the main reason for doing this is i want to engage with with comics fandom i want to speak to fans friends listeners creators get in touch get in touch with us on the show get in touch with us on twitter um i'm gonna brainstorm with where's ways that we can involve you all because uh, the the tagline of the show is getting to know you through the issues that you love uh, and that's what we want to do we want to get in touch with you want to create conversation create debate chat with some cool people so definitely definitely get in touch any okay. final thoughts Wes? no that's it i i think we've covered it all my friend sweet well that was episode one of that's the issue um you can find us on itunes you can find us on stitcher you can find us on soundcloud uh, it'll be hosted on my site awesomesourcecomics.com uh, Wes will, I'm sure will write about it on geekulanded.com as well awesome. uh, tell me how the if, tell me if, you're, if, I, if I can start posting if I can start figuring out a way to link it to my site yeah I'd be game as heck to do that too just yeah yeah definitely talk about that in a little bit here because I actually want to play around with that yeah cool Okay, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for taking the chance. Uh, I said it on the Zero episode, and I'll say it again now. There's so many comic book podcasts out there now. 
and thank you for taking a, taking a chance on us. I hope you'll stick with us and I hope you'll join us again. For now, say goodbye, Wes. Laters. Bye.